0: Because that's exactly what we're going to find out about Abraham. Is that he made some choices that impacted eternity. We saw that the last time we looked at his life. But he also had a faith that impacted eternity. That's one of the key things the Bible tells us about Abraham. Today we're going to look at one of the watershed moments in his life. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, verse 8... The Bible says very simply that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. That's the story of his life. His every step was a step of faith. He never knew about tomorrow, but he he would learn that he he could always be sure about God. The same thing is true in our lives. Last time we looked at Abraham, we saw that crucial decision he made when he was in the Valley of the Kings. You may not have been here that Sunday, or you may not remember, but there were two kings that came out to meet him there. There was Abraham, there was the king of Sodom, and there was Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the king of Salem, or the king of peace. He's also the king of righteousness. He is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in that story, meeting Abraham in the valley of the kings and the king of Sodom, whose name means son of wickedness. He's a perfect picture of the devil. The king of Sodom makes a play for Abraham's soul. Abraham says, no, I think I'm gonna follow God. And that's a tremendous moment also in Abraham's life. And so that decision that Abraham made put him in a season of doubt and fear, a season of uncertainty, because it put him in conflict with the prevailing culture of the world of that day. And when somebody threatens your customs and your culture, you perceive that person is a threat to you. You and I are seeing that unfold before our eyes in our own country as more and more Christians are becoming a threat to our culture. Now, by Abraham's choice to follow God, he set himself against uh, that culture, and so he had to. He had to trust that this God who called him would also take care of him and protect him from these neighboring peoples in whose eyes he was now an enemy. So he followed God, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he followed God not knowing where he went, not knowing what would happen. It brought this season of uncertainty into his life. And in this season of uncertainty, something happened in Abraham's life that had never happened before in all the Bible. It's right there on the screen in front of you right now. You can't see it because you don't know it. For the very first time in all the Bible, the Bible says something that it has never said before up until this time. It says, the word of the Lord came. That phrase marks a significant moment in the life of Abraham. It's always a significant moment when the word of the Lord comes to any man, woman, boy or girl. And this word of the Lord that came to Abraham carried with it a command, a commitment, and a covenant. And those three words are going to mark the divisions of the message today. There's a command, a commitment, and a covenant. Uh, So uh, uh, Paul, in the book of Romans chapter 4, he takes a whole chapter of the Bible and he writes it about this moment in Abraham's life and tells us how this fits with us. This is a very significant moment in Scripture. This week, on the front page of the Baptist Record, if you looked at the Baptist Record, there was a picture there of Billy Graham, and there was a little block quote that was separated out beside it, and it said, only eternity is expansive enough to measure the impact Billy Graham has had on our world. So how can one man's life impact eternity? He does so... By placing his, or a lady does so, by placing her absolute faith in the God who calls them. How does a man have that kind of courage? How does a person make that kind of commitment? Abraham did so by trusting the covenant, well, the command first, and then the commitment, and then the covenant God made with him in the 15th chapter of Genesis. We're going to look at that 15th chapter this morning. We're going to sort of breeze through it, thinking about Abraham's life. This first verse Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. This is the very first part of it. After these things, that's after, you'll notice it comes right at the end of chapter 14, right after Abraham has made that decision to follow God, not to follow anybody else, but follow God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear. And there's the command. That's the command that came to Abraham. Now this... The first mention of such a coming of the Word of the Lord to anyone in Scripture comes in the context of assurance. God was speaking uh, to relieve Abraham's fears. First he was called to follow, and then God commanded him, as He would command us today, not to be afraid. Fear is the enemy of faith. Faith is the end of fear. Now, all of us have fears. All of us do. We have fears about the future. We have fears about some uh, financial scenario that might bring calamity. That's why the stock market is always going up and down on the least thing that somebody might say. Uh, We might have fears about our circumstances. We might have fears about our career. For Abraham, those fears related to the cost of his commitment uh, to God. Now, I know from experience, and I've done this several times, and you probably know it from experience too, Right after you take a step of faith, that step is often followed by a storm of fear. You have a whole lot of questions. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Did I move in the right direction? So the word of the Lord came to Abraham right after he made this commitment, and God gave him this command, Fear not. Is there something in your life that makes you afraid? You can be sure that God knows what it is, and God has a word for you. In whatever your circumstances are, don't be afraid. What you need to do is simply believe. So God not only gave Abraham a command, that's the first part that we're going to look at. Second, he made Abraham a commitment, a promise. And this is a wonderful promise that God makes Abraham. He also makes that promise to you. It's in this same verse. Now Abraham left everything to follow God. He left the security of his homeland. He left his friends and his family. He left everything. But you know what? (laughs) A man needs connections. Uh, I speak from a man's standpoint. A man needs some connections. He needs a network. He needs to know somebody to get a job. He needs to own a house and own some property. All of those things give a man some security and enable him to be some security for his family. Now, some of you may have forgotten just how important those things are, but you just moved to a new town where you don't know anybody. How are you gonna feed your family? Who's gonna fix your car? Who's gonna be your doctor? What bank are you gonna use? Who will be your pharmacist? Uh, Who will your neighbors be? Will you be accepted? Will your family be safe? A man needs connections, and when he has those connections in place, he feels a sense of security for himself and for his family. Ask him to leave all of that and follow God. And following God will not be the issue. The issue he will struggle with is leaving those things that have given him a sense of security. And if you've ever had to take a step of faith where you had a major adjustment that you had to make in your life that meant changing where you lived, how you lived, what your income was going to be, you know those fears that can flood Into a man's heart. Now, Abraham had no such connections in Canaan. That's one of the things you need to know about this old boy. He never owned a home there, he lived in tents. Did you know that the only piece of property that Abraham ever owned in the promised land was a cave that he would purchase to bury his wife? He went went against the grain of the local culture by following God. And right after he took this step of faith came this storm of doubt, this period of uncertainty. And it was then that the word of the Lord came to Abraham in chapter 15, again, the whole verse. He said, The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you, your reward shall be very great. In other words, God was saying to Abraham, I am your shield, I am your protector. Not only so, I am your reward. Your reward is knowing me, following me, walking in a relationship with me, and if you walk with me, uh, not only will walking with me turn out to be a blessing for you, it'll be a blessing for all the families of the earth. So it was said of Billy Graham this week, and it'll probably be said again at some point. Somebody will write a book and just tell us how how many lives have been impacted by the life and ministry of Billy Graham, only eternity is expansive enough to measure the impact. And that's, that's true because the impact continues to go on with every book that he ever wrote, with every sermon that he ever preached as they continue to be preached and, and, the, and the ripple effect of his life is gonna go on to eternity. But that's also true of you and true of me. God said to Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. You may never have a tract of land, But I'm your inheritance. I'm giving myself to you. And that is a tremendous commitment that God makes to Abraham. But he also makes that same commitment to you and me. He's going to be your connection. He will be your protector. He will be your provider. But you know, Abraham had this great promise from God and he said, God, I hear this promise you're making me, but you've already made me another promise. He said in verse 3, he said, hey, haven't you told me that I'm going to have some descendants? I'm going to have a family. And And God said... Abraham said, God, I don't have a family. My wife is barren. Here I am. I'm getting pretty old, and I don't have a child to give all this to. Well, there's this wonderful interaction between God and Abraham. And, you know, we talk about, uh, we sang that song this morning uh, about being, uh, how God loves us and uh, how He cares about us and what a good, good father He is. I want you to think about God putting his arm around Abraham and, and inviting Abraham. He, he took him outside in verse 5, and he says, He took him outside and he said, Now, Abraham, I want you to look toward the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now, that verse, that verse, and the next verse are what prompted Paul to write the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, the great chapter about Abraham's struggle to believe God in the midst of his circumstances. And so we see this emerging, emerging pattern that we often see in the scripture. The word of the Lord comes, and it'll come to somebody today, it always comes. God speaks, he issues a command, he makes a commitment and a promise, and then a person has to respond to the promise that God has made. You and I every day have to respond to God's promises. We look at them, we open the Bible, hopefully, we look in His Word and we have to say, now we have to decide, what am I going to think about that? Am I going to believe that or not? And so how did Abraham respond? Well, in, in chapter 15, verse 6, that verse is one of the watershed moments in all of the Bible. Abraham could have sung that song that we sang today. He could have said, I believe, I believe, I believe in God the Father. And although he didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, he had some kind of meeting with somebody that was a lot like him in the previous chapter, but Abraham said, I believe. I'm going to choose to believe even though I don't know how all this is going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I'm just going to choose to stand on God's promises and believe. And that's what God was asking Abraham to do. And that is what God is asking you and me to do as well. So God gave a command. He, he made a commitment. Abraham put his confidence in the promise of God He took him at his word. Now, what I'm trying to do is to show you this pattern in Scripture. The Word of God comes to a man, gives him a command. For Abraham, the command was, do not fear. And behind every command that God gives is a commitment. And that commitment is God's own commitment promising, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be a shield to you. I'm going to be your protector and your provider, Abraham weighed all of that against his circumstances, and then Abraham believed God, he responded in faith. Now, we live in a season of uncertainty in our world. It is a season of uncertainty. We have to admit that, we have to say that. We see a lot of things happening in our world. As a matter of fact, our own faith is called into question on almost a daily basis. The culture is calling into question what we believe. And what we believe is calling us to come in conflict with our culture. And so in this season of uncertainty, God is asking us, are you going to continue to believe in me? Are you going to continue to trust me? Are you going to believe that I will take care of you, that I will be your protector, that I'll be your provider, and even if you lose everything you have in this world, that I will be your exceeding great reward? That's what God was telling Abraham. But you know one of the things that God does... God doesn't just talk about His commitments. God doesn't just talk about His promises. He doesn't just make them. He acts on them. And so that's the next thing we see. We've looked at the command, don't fear, the commitment, I'm going to take care of you. And then number three, the covenant that God makes with Abraham. Now I'm going to read you some verses in just a moment that are going to show you this covenant. You're going to see that when God calls a person to follow Him, when He calls me, when He calls you, everything depends on God. When God calls you to follow Him, when God asks you to do something, He's already considered all the details into the far distant future, and so it was in this setting that God spoke to Abraham of things that were so far beyond his own understanding, of things that would happen into the distant future, God spoke of the future of men and nations. Now, God's covenant with Abraham, like his commitment, was to show that everything in Abraham's life, everything in the life of men and nations, everything in the future of God's people depends on God and depends on this covenant that he's making with Abraham. His only duty was to believe. You know, everybody needs a life partner. We need somebody that a friend that we can lean on and depend on, someone we can count on day or night as a true friend. And more often than not, we look horizontally for that person. We get married and we say, "Well, my wife or my husband will be that true partner, that true friend." Or maybe uh, we buddy up with somebody, and you know, we got a pal that we hunt with, or a lady that we shop with, and we'll say, "This person will be my true friend." and and they'll never let me down. We teach boys to be men by encouraging them to look inward, that somewhere inside them is the secret strength of manhood that will make them independent, you know, when they don't have anybody and they can make it on their own. But what made Abraham radically different from any other man who who had lived from this moment is Abraham began to look upward for his confidence. In fact, he had no other option. The promise God made Abraham was so far outside of his reach. Now, remember, he said, you're going to have kids. Abraham's old. His body's as good as dead. Paul said in the book of Romans, you can go look at it, his body was as good as dead. And Sarah, his wife, she was not going to have any kids, and it was impossible. And Abraham considered the impossibility of it, not only the impossibility of them having one kid, but the impossibility of having Kids that would be more numerous to count than the stars. Descendants that would be more than that. So he weighed all of that, and he said, Okay, I'm just going to believe you, God. How? But how? He asked that huge question. He says, How? And you may see some scripture on the screen that, that has that on there. Uh, but in verse 9, it's, it's back up in verse 8, I think, where he says, How? And so this is what God said. Uh, And there's going to be... What you're going to see as we read these verses is something old and foreign to us. It's the story of a covenant that would have taken place, a covenant ceremony that would have taken place between two men as a bond of trust between them. Animals were sacrificed. The pieces were divided. And then ceremoniously, both parties, both men, would walk between them as their testimony of their commitment to the covenant, and the penalty for breaking the covenant was death, a covenant between two parties. Animals were sacrificed, pieces divided. Both men walked between them. Something very old, something very foreign to us, but here it is in the scripture. He said to him, bring me, Abraham says how, how God? He says, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. The birds, the prey came down upon the carcasses and Abraham drove them away or Abram drove them away. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers. He didn't have any descendants. But God says, No, for certain your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. He's telling them about the the time in Egypt. But I will judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they will return here, uh, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Abraham is discovering that God knows far more about the future than we do. The future seems dark to us, but if we follow him in faith, God knows all the details. In verse 17, It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land. Now what just happened? I mean we read that passage of scripture and I read it for years and I thought well, what in the world what a strange what happened well what happened is the flaming torch in the smoking oven represented the presence of God passing between the pieces Abraham never passed between the pieces only God did God was taking responsibility of the covenant that he was making with Abraham uh, this, party, this covenant was not made by two parties, it was made by one. God simply putting the responsibility for all of it on his own shoulders and saying, not only am I making this commitment to you, I'm making a covenant with you that it's going to happen, that it's going to come to pass. And he wanted Abraham to believe that, that, he could, that God himself could see into the dark and distant future, to believe that God had a, had a plan and to believe that God would be true to his promises. That's exactly what God is asking us to do. To believe, to believe, to believe that He can see into your dark and distant future. To believe that God has a plan. To believe that God will keep His promises to you in the New Testament and the Old. And everybody has to come to such a moment in their life. You must come to that moment in your life. Maybe you're standing at a crossroad today and you have to decide whether you're going to believe God and follow God, trusting Him to be true to His promises. You know, such a time came in the life of Billy Graham. Maybe you've been hearing about that through the course of the couple of weeks since he died in his funeral this week. About that moment when Billy Graham had some doubts. He had this friend called Charles Templeton who was a really good preacher at that time. But Templeton began to have some doubts about his faith and some doubts about God. And he began to talk to Billy Graham about those. And Billy, in his younger years, he, that really shook him to his core. And he had to get along with God and make a decision about whether or not he was going to believe that God would be true to his word. And he said he came to that moment, he came to that commitment, said, God, I choose. I don't understand everything. I don't have all the answers, but I choose simply to believe. At some point in a person's life, you have to make that decision. You say, Well, I hear what the professors are saying. I, I hear what the, the left is saying and the right is saying. I hear all of this noise, but I've got to make a decision. Am I going to believe God? Am I going to trust God? Well, let me tell you, let me assure you God says, Don't be afraid. God says, I'm going to take care of you. I will be a shield to you just like I was a shield to Abraham. I will be your protector and provider. I can see into the dark and distant future. And my covenant with you that I made is not like the covenant I made with Abraham when I asked him to take some animals and divide the pieces, and then I walked between them. The covenant I made with you is when I placed my son on the cross. Everything now depends on me. Everything depends on me. Will you believe? Will you trust me? Will you follow me? Don't be afraid now in your current context. As you think about the dark and distant future, don't be afraid about that either because I've got that. I know what's going to happen and it's all under my control. Would you pray with me, Lord? I pray that today is we look at your word and we ponder our own circumstances, whatever our circumstances might be. Lord, that we would have the courage to make the decision Abraham made, which was simply believe. I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to step out in faith and follow God. Lord, perhaps there's somebody who needs to do that today. Someone whose heart you've stirred. Someone, Lord, you're calling to make such a commitment. Lord, please have your way in someone's life today. In Jesus' name I pray.